Gina Grain. This is the Greg Bennett Show. Any questions? Welcome to the Greg Bennett Show presented by Any Question. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and I've just finished an absolutely delightful conversation with a remarkable human being. Gina Grain, Olympic athlete, turned her focus to strength and conditioning training and helping other people. Her story is really quite amazing. After being told she would never run again uh, and then finding cycling and becoming an extraordinary mountain biker, then road cyclist, then track cyclist, just fascinating the way she was able to turn her life around after being told that she'd never run again and still she went on to be really remarkable athlete and after she retired from sports she's then gone on to train and become one of the world's greatest strength and conditioning trainers helping numerous athletes at at the highest level to gold and silver and bronze medals at the olympics and junior world championships and and helping many many masters as well reaching their goals and and what's fascinating with, with gina is you know she was told she would never run again when she was a teenager and and they operated on both knees and then 33 years later she taught herself how to run by activating different muscle groups and her knees have never felt better and uh, you know she has osteoarthritis in both knees but was still able to get through you know a half iron man at the age of 48 many really wonderful stories in this one so please go check it out also go check out any question gina is on there and she's answered about 300 questions and if you go to any question train with grain so that's any question.com train with grain and you can find all her amazing content there she illustrates how to do so many exercises and workouts uh, especially for endurance athletes for the swim bike and run so go check it out that's any question.com train with grain you can also ask her questions yourself and she'll get back to you and um, if you're having your own issues she's happy to answer those as well she also has her own youtube site you can go check out i hope you enjoy this one as much as i did and remember success comes to those who endure just one moment longer all right today i am joined by an incredible guest She's an Olympic cyclist, a seven-time national champion and silver medalist at the World Championships and won both the US Pro, Road and Track Championships. And since then, she's gone on to expand her education in kinesiology and earned herself a Master's of Exercise Science, specialising in strength and conditioning. She's a certified strength and conditioning specialist and has trained elite athletes who have competed and medaled at the Olympics, including gold, silver and two bronze medals. She's also got the Junior World Championships and podiums at the National Championships. She's had helped several Masters athletes to achieve their goals, such as completing Ironman races and reaching cycling goals and improving just their general physical fitness for life. And despite being told she would never run again after undergoing knee surgery in both knees as a teenager, she trained herself to compete in a half Ironman at the age of 48, despite having osteoarthritis in both knees. I want to dive into that. (laughs) Her content on any question platform is just been, it's truly brilliant. And and I've just learned so much from watching her on the, on the app. So it's an honor and just an enormous privilege to have her join me today. So welcome. And thanks for joining me on the Greg Bennett show, Gina Green. How are you? Hi, Greg. This is awesome. I really, really want to thank you for having me on the show. I'm just so stoked and, and have a perma smile right now. Like I, like I just want a bike race. So um, 
I'm stoked. Let's uh, let, let's do this. Oh, well, we were just saying, uh, you know, it's taken us a few attempts to get here. Both of us have had a bit of illness and we finally have got here. How was, you know, the holiday season for you? Do you were you healthy over that period? You betcha. You know what? I, I, I was uh, kind of in and out of, of stuff. I have a, a six and a half year old at home, as you could probably understand. And you <laughs> stuff coming through that front door. So um, oh, a bit, yeah. bit of a strain there. But Christmas, thankfully, uh, it gave me the opportunity to really recharge. And um, I'm, uh, yeah, 110% here. <laughs> I saw something. I saw a post, I don't know, about a month ago. And it said... The person said, look, everybody I know has either got COVID, RSV, the flu, a major cold, or no kids. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I feel like everybody I know with kids is like, oh, I'm sick again. It's been a kind of a crazy few months, huh? Yeah, it totally has, but I would not uh, give it up for the world. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say I'm going to give up my kids, but it, it, has, <laughs> it, has, been a, it has been a year of just like, oh, here we go again. And uh, so you'll have to excuse me if I do cough a little bit. I think you said you might have a little cough. We'll do our best to mute them out, everybody. Um, but let's get into it. It has been... Very exciting for me to get you on. I, I've, you know, we've met obviously with the Any Question through the Any Question app, and I've seen you on some of the Strength Channel um, meetings that we have. And, and and what an amazing group of people we have on on that Strength Channel in the Any Question app. It's incredible, isn't it? I just can't wait to meet everybody if that time ever comes. It's just it's just so inspiring, and and the the, the field of knowledge there is just. It just makes you hungry for more. Yeah, no, it really does. It's such a good group of people. Now, look, before we dive into your journey, and there's so much to unpack, I'm really looking forward to it. Just tell me, who are you, you know, training at the moment? What kind of sports and athletes are you working with at the moment? Yeah, so at, at the moment, um, I, I work at a, a, a gym here in, in uh, North Vancouver, mm. and I train. I train. Um, train a, r- a real mix, Greg. Um, I train a lot of masters and uh, um, let's call us uh, mature athletes that have uh, certain goals. A lot of endurance athletes right now, triathletes, runners, cyclists. But but also also in the mix, I'm training a, a national t- national team um, sailor, uh, mm. also a, a, a an Olympic alpine uh, skier, uh, and a couple of soccer players. So it's a, it's a bit of a mix right now. I've, I'm not training her right now, but I've even trained somebody in archery. Wow. So, yeah. so it's a bit of a, a, spr- a sprinkle in with high high level athletes. But the majority of my population right now is uh, is is uh, kind of the, the masters athlete um, training for something and or just training to be healthy and and feeling good. So are you working with their coaches and specializing in the strength program, or are you taking over their entire program? No, no, I'm their I'm their strength coach. So I, I work directly with their sport coach to okay. incorporate strength work within their program. Yeah, well, that part of the world, North Vancouver. I lived up in Victoria, Canada. We were just talking about this um, before we started. There's a lot of it's a very active community. You know, it's either the winter they've got the skiing up in Whistler, and then you know during the summer months. And it, 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 you can train almost all year round in that part of the world, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, 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 there's something for everybody and, 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 no matter what you what, what you want to do, if you're like a hiker or a skier, you can, you can do all that on the same day. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Those places where, where you can go, go skiing and then come back down and do mountain biking. Right. So uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's really a Mecca for people uh, harnessing that healthy lifestyle mm. and, and, with that becomes the balance of making sure that you feel healthy and feel feel good and move well. Mm-hmm. And so, you no, know, definitely as we as we age, we feel little nooks and crannies that aren't moving as well. So that's a big big part of it is actually keeping people healthy and keeping people moving well mm-hmm. and strong so that they can do the things that they love. Yeah. Which- 
things, skiing and biking and et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's, it's fun. Well, let's do this. Let's, um, one of the favorite things I like to do with guests on this show is to rewind the clock um, and really get to understand your journey. So let's rewind this clock. It's going to be a long clock, right? I know, I know. It's just, it's only long because you've got so many interesting, you know, your life has been fascinating. But let's start, let's start. When did you sort of find your passion, specifically, I guess, for cycling, because that was a major part of your athletic career. But how did that all come about? Because it, it, it's quite interesting. You know, my whole cycling career was 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 pretty much based on people get, giving me a bike to try, <laughs> and mm. and I didn't, I didn't start out cycling until I was uh, in in college. Oh wow. Uh, I was a super super late bloomer, um, and it's because in, in grade ten, I was my main thing was was soccer. I was I was like bound to go to the Olympics in soccer. You oh know, really? In, wow! Oh yeah, grade eight, nine, ten until uh, Christmas vacation came, and I went skiing, took a jump, and blew out a knee. Oh. And they said, "Oh, it's a sprain." So I'm like, "Okay, sprain. I can deal with that." Went back to school ten days later and blew my other ACL. What? <laughs> yes, within ten within ten days, I blew both ACLs. And back then, uh, they just thought it was kind of a sprain. They didn't really know. So. Yeah. Anyways, I kept on doing my thing and they kept on popping out and everything and uh, lots of pop-ups later. I'm like, okay, this isn't a sprain. So I figured it out and uh, I had blown both ACLs, which is why they kept on popping out. Um, And so anyways, long story short, um, I got into, I I couldn't really do my sports anymore. I was, I was trying to play volleyball with two ACL braces on and anyways, grade, you know, grade 12 came and I became a gym rat. I was, uh, you know, I loved weightlifting and I was on the, the, the stationary bike every single day, Mm. uh, you know, pounding out that random cycle and, uh, doing whatever. And kind of first year college came and, um, a a friend was like, Hey, uh, I have a mountain bike. Uh, do you want to, do you want to borrow it? It looks like you like biking, right? I'm like, what's mountain biking? (laughs) Anyways, you know, figure figure that out. And I I live, I live near the trails up there in Kelowna, BC. And up by myself and and just took this mountain bike and found a trail and came home all, blo- all, all not, not bloody but muddy <laughs> muddy not bloody yet yeah, I was yeah, muddy. Yeah, yeah. and just like a perma smile from from ear to ear I'm like wow this is fun yeah. and uh, that's kind of how I started loving mountain biking and from there I just blossomed into you know buying my first bike and there then there was a race up at Silver Star Canada a World Cup and my buddy was like hey do you want to go watch it I'm like yeah sure so we brought our bikes and and then we're like hey should we race it <laughs> <laughs> There is like a citizens category. You're like, oh, sure, let's race it, right? Yeah. And it's like, whoa, we're, we're, we did one lap, and like the pros, like Allison Sider was there, and all the pros they're coming off, you know, uh, you know, big big races, and they did four laps, and I was like, whoa, they could do four laps, I could only do one. So, anyways, I started my career with mountain bike racing, and uh, you know, I got to the you know the the, the Canada Cup um, level, and you know, kind of squeaking on the podium with Canada Cups and stuff like that, and uh, and then a, a good friend of mine. Uh, you may know her, Leah Goldstein. She's a race across America winner, and, and mm-hmm. uh, she's called No Limits. Did you know? Do you know uh, Leah? Mm-hmm. I, I know of her, but I don't know her personally. Yeah. Okay, so she, she's a good friend of mine, and she was the one that says, "Hey, Gina, um, my team needs a a, a, a road sprinter uh, out in Quebec, and I've done some road some some road racing and some road train like for training, right? Yeah. My, my my main thing is mountain biking." And, um, and she said, Oh, we need a road sprinter for a race out, out in Quebec. And she goes, you want to join our team? I'm like, sure. And so <laughs> I went out to Quebec and raced this uh, race. I'd never raced at that level before. And anyways, I ended up with a couple of top fives and top tens and they're like, Whoa, uh, do you want to join our team? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a mountain biker. Like, no, no, you're a really good road sprinter. Come on. I think you're a road sprinter. No, 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 no. I'm a mountain biker. Come on, Gina. I'm like, okay, okay. I'll try it. Right. Yeah. So I- 
Uh, it was a team from uh, Portland. And uh, anyways, that, that I think that was yeah, 2000, which is when I lived in Victoria as, as well, Greg. Oh, yes. We would have crossed paths then. We were there at the yeah, same time. Masters swimming I did there. Uh, with oh, the, a Commonwealth the, pool? Or there the, yeah, was two 50-meter pools. But, but, yeah. uh, crystal pool? Yeah, crystal and then Commonwealth. Yeah. Yeah. We may have swam together, Greg. <laughs> we, may, we may know each other so well we didn't even realize it. Yeah, because I was there... I moved to Canada at the start of 2000. I, um, Simon Whitfield said, hey, come and help me get ready for the Olympics in 2000. And so I moved over there then. Yeah, I got you any money we crossed paths because I used to swim with the, like those, those guys, the master's program in, uh, in, at, the, at the Crystal Pool. Oh, classic. Yes, I'm sure we did because I think my first year there we were, we were at the Crystal Pool, which was the old one. And for people that haven't been to Victoria, Canada, Victoria had the Commonwealth Games in 96. I think 96 or 98 or 94, whatever, somewhere in the mid-90s. And they built this beautiful complex uh, for swimming, this indoor 50-metre pool and everything else. And so they're two amazing swimming pools for a small town. It's a great place to train. It was and still is the hub for, you know, triathlons. And yeah. and, and, and I, I still I – was, I was going to school there actually at, at UVic and oh. – um, and then uh, the National um, Cycling Centre was based out of there. So that, that's why I stuck around after, after – after, um, mm. After my, uh, my 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 studies there, so um, so sorry, kind of heading back to um, the, the road, and then got to the road, and uh, then uh, started road cycling, and and I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm going to try to do both mountain bike and road cycling, mm. and then that didn't work out because um, you know the road was uh, took up a lot of the summer, and I actually ended up liking road cycling better, road racing yeah. more 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 than mountain, mountain bike racing. So anyways, let's fast forward again. Uh, you go through a, a great career of, of road cycling. And then someone was like, Hey, um, you'd be good on the track. I'm like, what's the track? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that thing, I, I, and we were training in um, it's a town called Trexler town in Pennsylvania. And um, there's a big track there that they have these massive wicked track nights. Every Friday night, the whole town comes out and, you know, there's track racing all night and, you know, all the kids come out and stuff. And anyways, so uh, someone was like, hey, I have a track bike. Do you want to borrow it? And they go, okay. So anyways, borrowed the track bike and that kind of led me into, uh, into track racing. And that's eventually what I uh, went to the Olympics in in, uh, in Beijing 2008 was uh, on the velodrome. Wow. I love that you experimented with all things cycling. Do you think... Starting at mountain biking is a great way for for people to get into cycling. I mean, I feel like you you develop so many skills, you develop power, you know, and agility and, and endurance. Do you think it's a good place to start? Would you change it? I would. I, I would not change. That's a great question. I would not change it at all. I think yeah. mountain biking, like you said, it it teaches you all those skills. It also teaches you to take a hit. Yeah. I mean, there, there's yeah. countless times where I took a hit on, 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 you know, on the road bike and or on the, on, on the track. In fact, in fact, my ability to, to bike handle came in really handy at the Olympics because, uh, uh, there were, there was a crash kind of quarter way through, through there. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it was a Korean that, that hit me wow. and she went down, but I was able to, unfortunately she went down, but I was able, able to hold myself yeah. up and yeah. I mean, you your entire life for that for that one race and and to be taken out by uh, crashes is unfortunate anyways it happens it is what it is um but uh yeah developing those those skills uh, uh, is is crucial so yeah i would definitely recommend starting off with mountain biking well we've seen it you know with somebody like a cadell evans you know he came from he was world champion mountain biker and then went to win the tour de france and then who was the canadian who won the the giro and we also came from mountain biking didn't he originally um lived in victoria uh, uh, Ryder Hestrong. Ry- Ryder. so he was yeah. in victoria when you and i were in um that 2000 to 2005 period yeah totally and also uh roland green alice roland the cider green. yes she, 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 uh, road race as well that's right um, yeah. yep 
So is that, maybe it's a thing for Canadians. Maybe it's the, <laughs> I mean, you have such beautiful trails in British Columbia, you know, to go learn your craft and, and have fun. It's really fun mountain biking. It's throughout my entire career, my, 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 my model was, was, you know, if, if I'm not having fun, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying that every training session was fun by any stretch of the imagination. No, 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 no. <laughs> if I wasn't having fun uh, doing it, like it, I, I thought of it as a journey and, and mm. the Olympic journey is, is not short. It's, it's a long, it's a long journey. In fact, I am in what year was it? 1998, I believe it was 1998. And uh, I put a, 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 a news clipping of, of, of Alison Sider on, on my, uh, on my, on my wall. And, and she just won some big uh, mountain bike race. Or, I can't remember exactly where, but I, I wrote down on a piece of paper that I wanted to go to the 2008 Olympics. That's cool. And I actually wrote down, wrote down the year I wanted to go on a piece of paper and posted it on my wall. And that was kind of the start of the journey, and mm. and the journey for, for for me setting goals was was really about writing things down. I was a big writer, mm. and so I was like, okay, if if, if I want to go to the Olympics, what do I need to do to do that? Mm. And I didn't really know how to do this, but I just kind of like, well, if I if I want to go to the Olympics, I kind of got to be you know one of the best in the world. So you need to go to world championships. And then before that, you probably need to go to Commonwealth games. And then you also need to go to Pan Am games. And I kind of work backwards. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, well, then I need to be best in Canada. But before that, I have to be best in BC. And then before that, I should probably get a coach. <laughs> Actually, Greg, Greg, I still have that piece of paper somewhere. That's um, cool. it, it was in pencil, so it's fading a bit now. But um, that was that was my journey. And I, 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 you know, throughout that time, I was like, if I'm not having fun, I may or may not get there. But I want to make darn sure that I enjoy the entire way. And if mm-hmm. I, if I wasn't, I was going to abort mission. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you say that, and, and just recently I've been giving some talks to our team at any question. And, um, a lot of it is that it's like, look, know what you want the destination to be and, and, and visualize being at that destination, what it feels like, what it smells, sounds, everything about it. What is that destination? And then look back. And what was the path that we've had to take and to get there? You know, it's like, and what are all the steps that you've had to take? And look from the final destination. Don't look from the bottom step, but look from the top step and look down. And then you can kind of see how that roadmap's got to map out, you know? And then I've said numerous times, and I love how you said that. It's like, the destination is wonderful if you can get there. It's great. It's nice. But honestly, if you listen to every Olympic athlete and everybody that's hit their destinations, everybody will tell you it's about the journey and having some fun along the way. And and that's what I want to keep reminding our company. And I think it's great that you say that. And it's, it's that champion's mindset that you have that I think it's great that you can pass that along. What Tell me then, when you qualified for the Olympics in 2008. What was that feeling like? Oh, that just gave me, um, uh, uh, <laughs> my stomach just did a flip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like mm. the butterflies in the stomach just, just hit with those comments. You know, it, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was not what I expected actually. Um, mm. I, I was in my, in my townhouse in, in Burnaby. We, 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 we moved from Victoria to, to, um, Vancouver because the indoor track was there. And so, mm. you, know, you, uh, you know, you make decisions, you, you can't make excuses. You make decisions to, to, to achieve what you want to achieve. Right. So it's like, okay, I need an indoor track. So I need to move to Vancouver if I'm going to, if, if I'm going to, uh, to do this. So I was in my townhouse there and, and the email came in and it was a combination between 
extreme excitement and almost a bit of relief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You work so hard, mm-hmm. so, so hard. And, and, and you never know until the last minute. Like You don't know until, uh, what was it? I want to say like six or eight weeks eight weeks out, something like that. That might be a little bit, a little bit wrong, but not, you know, you don't find out a year in advance. You don't find out six months or even three months in advance. Yeah. You're, 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 you're waiting to the last minute to, to find out. And so it was a bit of a relief um, yeah. as well. And then, and then that excitement ball rolled again. So it was a bit of a mixed, mixed emotions there. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's an interesting journey, isn't it? You know, everything that you go through the roller coaster, your family and friends are kind of involved. It's a bit of a community thing to finally make it, to go in and get measured up and get your uniform. That's where the joy is. Were you able to, when's track cycling? Is it first week? Were you able to do the opening ceremonies or, or were you straight no, to work? No, actually we, we were in the second week. So we were, we were still training in, uh, in Switzerland at, at the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, that was a surreal experience also like sitting in Switzerland, watching the opening ceremonies on TV and, 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 and think, you know, thinking, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to be there in a week. Mm-hmm. Right. What was your Olympic experience like both the racing itself and also just, you know, things like the Olympic village and everything else? Yeah. You know, when you go to a big games like that, the Commonwealth games and, and, and or the Olympics, it's, it's, it's a lot about the people, Greg, you know, mm. I mean, China was just so, um, open to, to visitors and they were so happy and really just genuinely um, open to having you there. So it was my, my first, my first memories are, are, are all the smiles as soon as you enter the Olympic village and, and no matter how much, you know, stress you're under or you know how much anxiety you hold, seeing those faces as you walk into the Olympic village, it just de- demolished all of that. Mm. And, and, and then, and then, you know, as you walk into the Olympic village, you're, you're, you're in a home where, where everybody's in the same space, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, there because they deserve to be there mm-hmm. and, and, and they worked so hard to get there and, and it just it, the, the feeling of, 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 of that comradeship you know you, it doesn't matter what country or what sport is you know give each other a nod and, and you know that you're in the same place mm-hmm. right we're, we're there we're there to put out our best the best that we have on the day that we perform. Exactly. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. I think one of my fondest memories of the whole experience in the, in, in sort of the dining hall kind of setting, it would be, you'd be, you'd never know who you're sitting next to, you know, sitting next to a, I don't know, a, a wrestler from the Ukraine or whatever. And then, you know, the next day you're a boxer from Thailand and, and you're just sort of meeting all these amazing people from all over the world and you'd all be chatting. And then all of a sudden the dining hall would go really quiet because someone like a Michael Phelps or a LeBron James or, you know, just some, and everybody like, psh, 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 look at this, you know, so. <laughs> I don't know that happening. <laughs> and the other thing I remember thinking, like I'm just shy of six foot, uh, 181 centimeters um, for everybody in metric. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm, a, I'm a normal size guy. I've never felt so small in my entire life than in that Olympic village because all the men in there, they're either playing volleyball or basketball or rowing or whatever. And they're all six foot four, six foot five plus. And you turn in and I just remember feeling so small. <laughs> <laughs> the body types, I, we, we used to actually, speaking of sitting in the, in, in the food, a lot, of, a lot happens in the food hall because mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, one of the only social places. Oh, there's other little nooks and crannies yeah. of social, social stuff. But uh, we used to try to guess the sport. We, you know, we, 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 you know, we'd see somebody across the way, like, Hey, what sport do you think that person plays? Yeah. Or, uh, so we play like those kind of games or, uh, you know, you, you take a look at what people are eating and say, like, oh, Hey, what kind of, what kind of sport do you think they're playing? You know, like, is it protein or is it, you know, carbohydrates or just, just like, yeah. you know, 
stuff to stuff to pass the time and get some giggles and laughs because uh, it's such a kind of a bit of a you know stressful stressful time. So. Oh no, for sure, we did the same kind of game. The only ones that were easy to pick were the gymnasts. You know, the the, the little female gymnasts were you know, five foot maybe. And they, you know, they'd be following, uh, you know, their, their trainer in and, and, you know, that was super young too, you know, and then, but uh, yeah, it really, for me, there's some of the fond memories I have, but the racing itself for you, how, what was that like? And, you know, was it a couple of days of racing? Was it one off? What was that? I uh, know it was just a one off because uh, my event was called the uh, points race on the oh, track. Yes, of course. So- yeah, so it's it's an endurance race, but you uh, there's you do you do 100 laps and you, you sprint for points mm. every every 10 laps. So it's a bit of a you got you got to kind of keep your head in the game, obviously, because yeah. you need to tally your points over the entire entire race. So the first person that crosses the line uh, gets five points. The second person is uh, three, and then two and one. Mm. So so the top four across the line every 10 laps you get points. So essentially you're sprinting every 10 laps. But then, of course, there's people who don't want to sprint and they want to get away from the group. So they're also sprinting in between all the, all uh, the sprint. I, I call it a bit, a bit like a chess game. You know, you're mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure out, you know, what, what strengths people have. Well, you, well, by this time, you know, because you've been racing with them for years. So, you know, you know what strengths people have and, you know, who, who's going up, up the track and whether you should chase them down. It's, 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 it's a game and it's really, it's, 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 you really have to be mind alert. And also, of course, you need to have your physical body yeah. beyond, beyond alert. And so you um, ended up... Sixth, eighth, well, top. I was just up. Oh, what are the worst, Greg? Ninth. Ninth. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Top ten, top ten, top ten. Yeah, top ten. Yeah, top ten, top ten. Look, at the end of the day, there's either a gold medal or it's the rest of us. You know, both my wife and I have a fourth and it's like, okay, whatever. Like we gave it our best. We had a great journey to your point and I wouldn't change a thing. When, when you look at your athletic career, what were some of the really amazing highs for you? Um. Uh, uh, you know the the uh, the world championships where I got a silver silver medal. Yeah, they're highs and lows, right? Like I was happy with the silver medal, but I was also sad because I made a big mistake and I should have got the gold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually it was literally a position mistake that caused me, you know, to, to go from world champion to 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 a silver medal. Literally, we we, we two of us lapped the pack, and I was just. I went, I went high and she went low and, and low is always faster. And anyways, so it was really a, a, a split decision that, that, so, you know, I mean, that was a high of, of course, you know, waving the flag and stuff. Um, uh, and, and again, the Commonwealth games, uh, fourth itis, I got a fourth, uh, fourth place in the scratch, uh, in, 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 in the, tr- on the track and, and on the road. So yeah. a double fourth itis, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh, come on. It was like, um, do you remember if you lived in Victoria, I don't know if you know a guy by the name of Jonathan Brown. He was a marathoner for Britain, but he lived in Victoria. And he he got fourth in the marathon in 2000 Olympic Games. He got fourth twice at the World Championships in the marathon. We were training together before the Athens Olympic Games and he ended up getting fourth again at the Athens oh. Olympic Games. So two Olympics and two world titles, he got fourth. I was like... And then I ended up getting fourth. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have trained with John. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. it's, it's contagious. <laughs> I know. It's amazing that I, my wife and I always say that odd numbers are always better than even numbers on the finishing line. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's a, that's a really good positive way to put it. Well, it's like that you have first is first. That's great. Third, you made the podium. Fifth, you got top five, you know, it's, whereas second uh, almost won to your point. And then yeah. fourth, you're like, ah, just missed the podium. <laughs> That, that, is, that is funny. 
<laughs> what about what about some of the lows? What, what has been you know? And and after we finish this, you're looking at our athletic career. I want to do want to move into the strength training, but I, I'm fascinated by it, by this. So, what any major lows and, and yeah, what you had to learn from from them? Looking back, there is there is uh, the Pan Am Championships. One of the Pan Am Championships I went to. You know. I just couldn't get it together and I wasn't getting the results I needed or the results I wanted. Uh, and it was just like banging your head against the wall going, why, why can't I get things together? What's wrong with me? Mm. You know, and you start to bring it inside going, you know, all the things as you know, Greg, go around, what did I do wrong? What's with my training? And at the end of the day, you know, you've got it, but why can't you get it together? There's just times in your career where mm. you just can't get it together. And and, and, and my coach at the time, he said, listen, go to your room right now and write down everything you're feeling, mm-hmm. everything you're feeling, whether it's good or bad, there wasn't so much good, uh, you know, and, and for, for, for me, I, I had to express myself by writing things down and then, then you go back and, and read it. And then you can, then from there, I, I can learn, I, I can learn from that. So, you know, the, it could have driven me to, to, to give up really it was it was that that kind of a feeling going okay if it's over i can't i can't i can't do this anymore <laughs> there I, I just i just don't have it mm-hmm. uh and, and and another experience happened in, in tasmania too i i the uh the, the christmas carnivals there i was racing the track and and do you know the christmas carnivals down there craig i haven't heard of those in tasmania in tasmania yes big big track uh, event i don't know if they i don't know if they, they go on anymore but they, yeah. they certainly used to They'd, yeah Hold them every year. It'd be in conjunction with the Bay, the Bay Crit series. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've heard of the Bay Crit series. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, another little happened there. I just wasn't pulling it out of the bag. And, and, uh, and my, my, my support at the time, uh, she was like, just, just, just go for a bike ride. Just get out of here and ride your bike. Mm. So I just jumped on my road bike and just went for a bike ride just to sort, sort feelings out. Um, uh, um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain the, the lows of, you know, how, how you feel, you know, as, as a disappointment in yourself, in your performance, but it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's hard to get through a career without going through those. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's how you figure out how to get out of those lows. Yeah. Get you back up on your game and, and, and that's a learning process yeah. and that everybody needs to figure out for themselves and have the strength and courage to do it. And it takes, it takes courage to do it. So what are some of the, what are some of the things that worked for you in getting yourself out of those lows? You know, obviously you mentioned writing down all your emotions. You, you, you mentioned going for just for a bike ride, you know, were there, were there certain things that helped, you know, that you could rely upon that would kind of help you get out of those lows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, writing, writing every, pretty much everything down, uh, um, get, getting myself out of the environment just for a little bit. And, and really actually going back to my roots, um, and mountain biking, mm, mm. Uh, um, that, that was, that was fun. That was my fun. That was yeah. My going fun. back and having fun, right. Remembering it's play, having a bit of fun with it. Yeah, exactly. And that would always ground me and, 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 and help to get me out of my funk. And if I, if I just took a step away from the seriousness of it, um, I, that would, that was, that was the tool I used. I, I always, I, I still mountain bike. Actually, I prefer, <laughs> kind of prefer to mountain bike these days. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, going back to my roots and having fun. And, and again, that's going back to, uh, um, my commitment to myself was if I wasn't having fun during this, this, this journey, then, then, then I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. That's really great feedback and a good advice for all of us, because we all hit these moments of like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? And so it's like, go back and ask yourself, why are you doing this? And go back and have some fun. Honestly, I yeah, think we all- exactly. 
that's that's what the, you know that's why you got into it in the first place mm-hmm. whatever sport it was you, you did it because you, you you had fun yeah so the process for you then you know you you retire after the olympics um what was that transition like you know leaving sort of professional sport olympic sport and then transitioning into becoming you know a world leading strength and conditioning coach what was that transition like for you so after the olympics i started i raced for another year and a bit and actually i started coming down with some heart heart issues and um some heart uh i, I felt it a little bit before the olympics but kind of fluffed it off and um, it, it ended up being like arrhythmias, like an in, inconsistent heart, heartbeat. Mm. Um, and so anyways, long story short, I, it was getting worse and worse. And, and I was thinking of retiring anyways, you know, um, and, um, then it started to get into my training a little bit and I, I wasn't able to get my heart rate up. And when I did the, all these weird heartbeats started happening and, and I'll never forget, actually, I was, I was doing a, um, a 10 K walk race with my mom mm-hmm. and my mom was training for the BC senior games. And so I, I did this 10 K walk race with her. And then after the race, uh, I was, I was like, Hey mom, my, my heart's doing like kind of weird things. Right. And so she, she was a nurse and she felt my, my wrist and she, all of a sudden she just called all the paramedics She's over. Her you know, face goes white. It's like, oh. I was also um, racing in, in, um, in California uh, when, when, when I had these weird heartbeats and actually, I actually pulled out of the race. It was um, Redlands in, in, wow. in, in uh, and I, I actually pulled out of the race because of my heart. Like it just didn't seem right. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget this moment. I was sitting underneath a, a grapefruit tree at, at our, at our, at our host housing and, and a phone call came in and it was, um, somebody I used to race with a long, long time ago. Her name is Leslie Tomlinson. And she, she was a mountain biker. She went to a couple. Uh, do, do, do you know Leslie Tomlinson, Craig? I know the name Tomlinson. 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 I'm not sure. Yeah. She's yeah. Uh, some announcing, um, at the, at the Olympics, a couple of Olympics now for cycling. Okay. Um, and uh, she went to a number of Olympics anyways. So she, uh, and we have never talked on the phone before. And but she called me and I blew and she goes, hey, Gina, um, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm sitting on the grapefruit tree right now. And I just pulled out of a race that I've never pulled out of a race before in my life. She was like, well, hey, we're thinking of um, teaching some cyclists up here in, in Vancouver. And, uh, do you want to help? I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll talk to you when I get back up, up, up into Vancouver. So this was this was in, in 2010, and, and road cycling was kind of just coming about, and the fondos were just starting. Right? Mm-hmm. We started coaching some people um, on, on on the road, some masters, you know, some masters a- a- athletes. We started a, a company called Tag Cycling. That stands for Tomlinson and Graham, and we started an indoor indoor cycling uh, studio, uh, focusing on on testing people and and working with wattage and all the stuff that we used to do as athletes. It kind of grew. It grew from being above uh, a, a bike store to having our own studio in Vancouver, and then we uh, expanded to Whistler and Squamish. So at some point, we and and they still do have three studios, cycling studios. So I'm not involved with the company anymore because I, I sold it back to uh, back to Leslie, and uh, it's still thriving. She introduced me to a gym called Level Ten, and I wanted to get back into my strength, my my, my kinesiology roots. Mm. But I, I I wanted to do more of a focus on working with athletes and um, expanding my career that way. And I had already have my had my uh, courses picked out. I wanted to get my uh, national my you know my strength and conditioning certification from the National Strength and Conditioning Association. So I had already started studying for that and I was like where am I going to work in Vancouver that's really 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 dedicated to athletes and that's the best because I need I need the best I want the best and I'm going to find it. Mm. 
Um, and so it so happens that Leslie introduced me to the owner of this of this gym called Level Ten Fitness in North Vancouver, and they they were, as far as I'm concerned, they're they're the best. They're, they're the best. They we, we train anywhere from Olympians, NHL people, um, uh, and, and then and then the normal clientele. And it's just the beautiful situation where you you know you have somebody in their 70s training next to an Olympian, and everyone's talking and chatting, and it's just a beautiful gym that way and there's no eagle you go in there you're doing your work and everybody's there with a purpose i love that you found your, your calling to post-sport you know starting with the coaching and then moving even more specifically into the strength and conditioning side you know i love because even you said when you were 18 19 you became a gym junkie you know that was always kind of a passion of yours right it was yeah absolutely i mean i've been doing this yeah ever since i was yeah, like grade uh, grade 12 i think i actually got my personal training certificate <laughs> yeah so let's dive into a little bit about the types of training that you, you're doing and, and some questions around that how do you get you know when you you have a lot of endurance athlete type you know clients uh, how do you sort of get them to buy into strength training you know they're often if they're triathletes they're swimming biking and running if they're mountain biking they're just but it's often i've i don't know if it's become more of a thing this last 10 years but getting athletes to buy into it they're always like i don't want to put on bulk or whatever there's probably two questions there you know how can you get stronger without bulk but also how do you get endurance athletes to buy into strength training so let's start with the the, the first one how do you get athletes to buy into strength training when i when i I was cycling actually i didn't do a lot of strength training because I, i didn't know how actually good it was, and and, and it, it, it was through through my career. Actually, it was more so in my when I took my my uh, masters in exercise science and uh, went went down to Perth, Australia, and did the practicum and everything there, and, and talking to all the scholars and doing all my research and and, and you know the research is is is, is there, there's no question about it that strength training can help improve endurance performance. And 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 back when I when I raced, it wasn't you know, it wasn't talked about, it wasn't really out there as much and or, and or proven, but it was, it was a real bot. I had to be really bought in myself and, mm-hmm. and tested it on myself first and again to, 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 believe if, if yeah. I believe then I can share that belief. Right. And, 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 and so, so really where, where it came about, uh, Greg was, I was approached by, um, a triathlon coach here in, in Vancouver. And she was like, Hey, could you, could you train a bunch of b- bunch of cyclists and triathletes that that I work with and put them on a program? And can you do like a group? You know, can I have a group thing? I'm like, oh man, I, I, I'm I, you know, I was more personal training. Yeah, I like with the one on one and 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 especially you know the specialization with that person and really diving into what exactly they need, which I still of course, of course do. But I was like, okay, I go I go I go listen. I'm going to develop a program for for, for this group, and, and we're gonna we're gonna test them. Be before and after the program, and it's, it's going to be an eight-week program. And I, I told her, I, I told her flat out, I said, if I don't see improvements with this group with my program, I am not doing it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said it flat out, and she's like, okay. I go. She goes, let's do it. So I developed this program for for, for endurance athletes that was uh, two two days a week, and I was really nervous about it because I had not given somebody a program and then said, see you in eight weeks. I was really nervous about it. We had a session. We did we did the testing. We I taught them how to do the program. I have a YouTube channel that they can take a look at the, the technique again. Mm-hmm. And I was really nervous about it. And, and I didn't know what was going to happen because they were coming back in eight weeks. And let me tell you, I, I retested them. And, and I'm talking, we, we did um, leg strength endurance. 
we did power. Uh, we did a counter movement jump and a standing jump. And, and we did a, a push-up test to a, to a beat of, of 60 beats per minute. There was massive improvements. And, and those improvements made them excited mm. and saying, okay, okay, listen, if you can, in, if you can improve your, 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 your standing jump power or your squat jump power that can translate to the bike and you've just in, improved your strength endurance. Yeah. So, so then, then people started commenting, they're like, oh, well, my, my sprint performance has improved mm. and, 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 and so such and such water seems easier. And so th- I'm getting the feedback from them. So I'm not bringing it all to myself. There's also their sport training uh, as, as well, but at the end of the day, if they're feeling good about themselves and they're, they, they see improvements through the program, that's going to motivate them to, to be in the gym and doing this and doing the strength work. Mm. So really at the beginning, it was the results that, that drove people to, 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 to buy into the program. It's amazing to see that with 16 workouts or two per week, you said for eight weeks, that the, the clients, the, the athletes can, can see the transformation in that period of time as well. When, when you talk about strength training for endurance athletes, are you approaching it from an injury prevention or a performance enhancing or, you know, I get, or does it depend on the athlete you're working with? For the endurance athletes that, that, that I work with, it is everything. It's like the full meal deal. Mm-hmm. You know, within, within my strength programs, they're working on mobility. They're working on, I'm going to say, quote unquote, core, but that incorporates, you know, everything from, you know, from your your leg to your, your torso, right? Yeah. Um, uh, that's another discussion. In yes. itself, but, you know, <laughs> uh, their, their, their core uh, mobility, um, um, strength and power. So again, depending on the phase that they're in, yeah. you know, I always include a little bit of power in, in every phase, depending on where, in where they're at. So I never, I never not do power. So, so when they are following my program, for example, they don't rest. If, if you're resting, you're maybe doing a little mobility, a hip mobility drill right. or, 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 or T-spine mobility drill. So I incorporate everything in that 45 minute to an hour session to help them improve movement wise uh, stability wise mm-hmm. and strength wise, strength and power wise. Mm. So I really, especially for endurance athletes, it needs to be really precise and time efficient because they don't have a lot of time yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I don't need them being in the gym more than it can be from 30 minutes to an hour, right? Yeah. They don't need to be in there more than, more than that. And, and I've proven it. I've, I've, I've trained hundreds of people and I have the data all, all in there for the, for the improvements that you can make in two hour two two days a week for less than an hour, an hour each session. Yeah. What, what, um, what do you, what do you go to type of workouts that, you know, people listening might be able to jot down and I know they can go to YouTube channel, which by the way is train with grain. And also you have a lot of great content on any question, which is also anyquestion.com forward slash train with grain. Um, and, and you've got a lot of demonstrations, but is there, you know, if you said, okay, for mobility, for core, for strength, for power, these are kind of, do you have a go-to set of workouts? Um, a go-to, I, Again, I, I really like to make it specific for every single person that comes yeah, in. Yeah, no, fair enough. Of course. I mean, that makes sense. You know, having said that, on, on my website, um, Train With Grain, there are, there are, and this was a big hurdle for me to step over too, is like, how can I make a program for everybody? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Everybody's so different. and But at the same time, I can't access everybody and I can't assess everybody. So, so, so for, for, for example, you'd have a day one and a day two and a day one, I generally do a bilateral, bilateral leg exercise mm-hmm. and day two would be a, a unilateral, like, like using one leg at a time. Right. So, yeah. so it could be something like a goblet squat 
or, uh, and then day two would be a rear foot elevated split squat, for example. And again, these aren't for everybody, but that's, that's an example. And then oftentimes I'd pair that with a, uh, a core exercise. And then, and then I'd, then I'd, 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 I'd sandwich that with a power exercise because mm. there's, there's, there's something called, um, uh, post activation potentiation. Now, post activation potentiation is not exactly what I'm doing because that, that requires a little bit more rest and more loading, but it's, it's the same theory as let's, let's get it and let's, let's strength, let's, let's do a strength, uh, a strength, um, um, exercise and a small little break and then let's, Let's train our body to uh, uh, develop power, maybe under a little bit of fatigue and or that strength exercise may may augment that power and help it. So, mm-hmm. so I, I found really good successes with uh, pairing uh, a power exercise with with a condition, a strength conditioning um, exercise. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a general um, pairing that, that I've used that I found success with. And then with my upper body exercises with endurance athletes, you can you can see all, all this on my YouTube channel. But you know we don't need upper body to be to be massive or super strong. But how we can use our upper body is we can actually incorporate a core exercise with your upper body. So for example, if you're doing a, ch- a single arm chest press, mm-hmm. you can slide your half of your body off that bench so that half of it's kind of in the air and right. half on the bench. Right, and, and then your glutes are getting activated, you know, to keep you steady. Right, exactly. Your glutes anti-rotation you're using your core so mm. that your body doesn't drop so all of a sudden in doing a chest press you're working anti-rotation which is excellent for on the bike to pre- uh, prevent back, mm. uh, back right it's really good for pulling on the handlebars well that pulling and pushing on the handlebars and similar thing if you're doing a single arm bent over row get up on your toes or do it in a in a quadruped position on the on the bench again you can check these out on my on my youtube channel mm. if you, mm. if you kneel on the bench with your knees and your hands you lift one arm one one leg up and you're rowing with one arm mm. so all of a sudden again you're getting glute you're getting anti-rotation and you're getting a little bit of upper body strength so i incorporate those into my into my strength training with with with, with endurance athletes <clears throat> yeah having having the stabilizers have to kick in while you're working a certain area i, th- I think that's fantastic let, let, let's talk about um one of the things i'm fascinated by you is you know as i mentioned in the introduction you know you basically had both knees. Well, you, you talked about it, you know, blowing out both knees 10 days apart. The doctors have said, you know, you'll never run. Um, and 33, 33 years, I think you said you didn't run. And then you recently went and trained yourself to do a 70.3 half Ironman, um, which involves obviously a half marathon, which is running. For, you know, like, so how... How were you able with osteoarthritis in both knees, how were you able to get yourself to be able to run 21 kilometers, 13.1 miles off a bike? That's extraordinary. Yeah, th- thanks, Greg. I, uh, <laughs> I, I was just so happy to even uh, I, I talk, talk about this and, and think about it. It was, it was such a, a neat journey because when my son was born, I, I was like, you know, I, I, I need to be able to run with him and I want to be able to run with him. Oh, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. It kind of brings, brings a bit of tears to my eyes here, but, and I, but you know, I've never been able to run and I, and I, I don't run, but I'm like, no, I'm going to run. <laughs> mm. And, and it, it doesn't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be powerful, but I'm going to run. And so anyways, we, we, we're, we're big campers and we like to go camping um, during the summer. And one summer I, I, I was, I, I, I was like, you know what? What if I were to kind of incorporate, you know, glute activation exercises and 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 incorporate a, 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 a glute exercise and then a little bit of running? And so I, my mind started, you know, as a strength coach, you need to be really open minded and really experiment. I, I think mm. and be open to um 
open to um, trying new, no, obviously trying new things. So I went around the campsite and I would do, you know, a glute activation exercise or, or you know, a, a little bit of a lunge focusing, you know, with, with, with techniques that I know to focus on getting that glute fired up. And then I would do a one minute run and then I'd do one minute of squats and that'd be kind of like a, a day one. And then I'd do like day two, I'd do like a lateral lunge and then some lateral skipping. And then, a, so I would, I would mix up um, um, glute exercise, a glute activation, some kind of, some kind of a movement that I would incorporate skipping a skips, B skips into a run. So it'd be like squats, a skips, and then a minute run. So mm. I would cycle through these and, and I made this program <clears throat> that I followed for all, all, all summer. And then, um, and then COVID hit, there was this, um, a scavenger hunt uh, thing that was put on by a, a running group. And it was, it was a neat, um, challenge where you do, you know, you say, okay, go out and, and, and try to, um, do figure eights around your neighborhood or go out and try to find a telephone booth or, or, or go out and run for an ice cream. And it'd be all these fun challenges. And, and, and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Right. So <laughs> I started doing this challenge and it was super, again, fun for me. Yeah, it had to yeah. be fun. <laughs> so started doing these challenges and then, uh, and, and I'd go out with some friends and they're like, Gina, uh, they go, um, uh, you know, why don't you start talking, like walking the walk and do a triathlon or Ironman with us? I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. They're like, no, you can. We're, we're like, we're like hiking 10 kilometers right now. They're like, you, you can do this with us. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then all, finally they, 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 uh, they kind of encouraged me. And, um, uh, for my, uh, third, it was, I was 37 and for my birthday present for my 30, I think it was my 38th birthday present. I bought myself an entry to the, uh, Hawaii Ironman <laughs> and I was like, okay, I have a year to train for this. And this is my birthday present to myself. Um, so it was, I, I posted something and it, I said something on, on Facebook is I'm like, well, it, it, it took me, um, five years to run, uh, 12 kilometers, <laughs> And someone said, well, that's a long, that took you a long time to run 12 kilometers. <laughs> but actually it took me five years to build myself up to, mm. to, to, to running, to running that through my, uh, my running program. And then just slowly, 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 you know, dribbling in, running into my life. And, and what, when, when, when I was training for that, for that half Ironman, I, I got my, again, my, my thing to myself was that I am not going to run if it's going to make my knees worse. Mm. And let me tell you, Greg, my knees had never felt better. <laughs> wow. Isn't it amazing how the body can adapt and change and how resilient it is? You know, if, we give, if we're patient. I, I, I got told once from a strength trainer, so Greg, you know, don't tell the body, ask the body what you want it to do. And over time, if you keep asking, it'll gradually give it to you. Yeah, that, that, that's true. And, 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 you know, through, through my head, I was, um, during which time I actually took a really great uh, course. It's called, um, it was a, a running, a running injuries course by, by Tom Boone. He's a physiotherapist in, um, um, hmm. in, in, in Europe. And, and, and I started diving into the science of, of running and, 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 and knees and injury prevention. And, and there are so many, so much research that, that says, you know, run, if running caused, bad knees, why wouldn't every runner have bad knees? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I, I started diving into the science of it and, and, and then, and then really diving into getting, getting your, your, your muscles and, and, and system working for you as you're running. So you're not loading the knee joint, but rather loading the, the muscles and teaching myself 
proper technique and teaching myself proper, you know, muscle, muscle work to, 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 to run properly and, and to take it off your knees. And I'm like, I'm going to make this possible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I did, so I tested it on myself and now gone through that. I've been actually able to help a, a lot, a lot of other people with, with knees, with osteoarthritic knees. And I had somebody come up, um, I started training her a, a year, a year and a half ago and she couldn't jump up onto a, a, a a, a, a platform, a one inch platform because of her knees. Mm. And, and and last night I was still working with her and she, she jumped 21 inches. Oh, that's awesome. And, and she was another one where we, where we trained how to use your body, how to use your muscles because mm. people forget. Yeah, they do. Well, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? I mean, that old saying is so true. If you're not going to use something, you're going to lose it. How, how was your heart for all of this? I mean, Oh yeah, good, good question. I, I kind of left that part out. I had two heart sur- heart surgeries. Oh. Um, yeah, I left that. I forgot about that part. It was uh, they had to go in through an ablation, like through through the through the leg, and and burn certain areas of the heart that are that were causing the electrical, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the, the misfires. Yeah, yeah, so I had one, and then it was still happening, and then I had another one, and it pretty much cleared it up. There's like a few little flutters here and there, but it's, it's much, much, much better. Thank, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, no, of course. And, and I was just thinking, you know, the amount of people that I hear expressing, you know, their knees aren't great, their knees and knees and knees, and I wish I could run, but my knees. How do people, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Because I feel like you, after going through so much of this, could be, Uh, you'd be just brilliant for anybody that's dealing with this because you can be empathetic, you understand it, and you've had to rebuild yourself. So what's the best place people should get in contact with you? Oh, thank you. Uh, But Train With Grain is my website. Okay. Uh, that would probably you can you can contact me through there. Yeah, uh, that, that would be the, the 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 main thing. I guess you can't contact me through YouTube. No, any question, ask me a question. <laughs> any question, and you can even contact me, everybody. So you can go any question. You can go through. Um train with grain website but or, or you know send me a note as well and i'll put you in touch but i just i was just thinking about it normally i would wrap up the show with that but i kind of want to make sure we we we'll do it at the end as well but I, 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 with another sort of five ten minutes here i i want to um sort of just ask you you know you've given me so much about your journey, your life. You've given us some really great training tips and it's been fascinating listen to, listening to all your stories. Um, I just want to finish with a few, a few questions. Um, one which I love to ask is what would you tell your 18-year-old self? And, and especially in your case where I feel like at that age you were sort of told by doctors, you can't do this, you can't do that. And yet I'm speaking to somebody who is really just, taken on the world and been a true inspiration, honestly. And I, what would you go back and tell your 18 year old self? 18, 18. I was, I was actually traveling Australia when I was 18 years old. I was like, oh, you know what? <clears throat> Let's take a break. Before as Canadians do. As Canadians do. <laughs> you see the flag in the back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they, I'm not American. You see the flag. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was. So I guess the first thing I'd say is um, I, I didn't like beer at that time, but everyone drank beer in Australia, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the VB and the Twoies, right? Oh, awful beers. <laughs> thing, don't, don't try to like that beer. I guess no. that would be the first I was a bit lost going there because as, as you said, everyone's like, you can't do this, can't do that. Didn't really have a direction for my sport. And um, I guess I'd tell myself it's, it's going to be okay, right? Keep your path. Yeah, and yeah. Be- Next question. Who would you want to have dinner with? You know, non-family. They could be living or dead. Three people. Three people. I would choose, um, oh, the first one I'd choose is, is Rocky Balboa. Ah. <laughs> Rocky Balboa. <laughs> 
I love it. So Stallone in real life or the character Rocky? Well, you know, Stallone, I'd love, of course, I'd like to love to meet with Stallone, but you know, how many times did we listen to those motivating, those motivating songs as we were racing? Like oh, I had yeah. All that stuff, right? That drove me through my entire career. So for sure, Rocky or uh, Stallone um, and the Queen. I yes. Oh, it. actually, you told me um, before the show you met the Queen, and I'm a huge fan of the the Queen who recently passed, um, Queen Elizabeth II. So, you know, tell me about what what happened there. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we were at the Commonwealth Games in Australia, mm. and uh, I was my my event was the next day, and I'm on on the rollers doing my training session, and you know it's hot. I had my you know my, my undershirt on and my earphones on, and somebody in the Canada house there came by and said, "Hey, Gina, the Queen's in town in in the Olympic. Oh, sorry, in the, in the Commonwealth Games village. Yeah, she was doing a walkthrough. I'm like, oh yeah, and they're like, well, aren't you going to go see her? I'm like, well, I'm training. Right now, can't, you know, I'm, I'm training. I'm on my bike, right? Like, no, I was training, right? And so they left, and I'm, the, you know, riding along. I'm like, no, Gina, it's the queen. Get off your bike and go see the queen, right? It's the queen. <laughs> I literally, I got off my, my bike on my rollers, and I, I literally um, rolled out my on, onto the street, and I didn't know where anything was, and I still had my headphones on and 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 my undershirt, and anyways, where I rolled up, it just so happened that the queen was walking up towards the crowd, like towards the, mm-hmm. the people lying in the street. And I, and I rolled up and I was kind of one of the first ones. And you know, when you're, you've been training, you're full of adrenaline and stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. And so everyone's going to flinch at this, but I, I stuck my hand out and I said, hi queen. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm even saying this on this show, but I'm honest. Okay. <laughs> I said, hi queen. And she looked at me and goes, she goes, hi, dear. And, and she asked me a whole bunch of questions like, are you having fun? And, and, and how's your competition? And, 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 and what sport do you play? And all these questions. And mm-hmm. we, we chatted for probably, you know, probably realistically, probably a minute. Right. Yeah. And, and, and anyway, she's like, well, dear, uh, best of luck. And, and, um, I hope you make some good friends. So she walked away and everybody's like taking pictures and, and this was before the iPhone, right? So yeah. I didn't have anything and it, it's just a memory I have because I don't even have any, you know, I don't have a picture or anything, but everyone's like, oh, oh thank you for stopping the queen. That was awesome. And I, I then I realized what I actually did. Hi, queen. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, hi, Elizabeth or <laughs> your majesty. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can imagine everyone around it just cringing going, Oh my goodness, that is not how you approach the queen. No, but she was, she shook my hand. She was lovely. Yeah. What a, what a, what a great woman. I just, uh, I'm glad they did that documentary. Well, not documentary, the the show, The Crown. And so everybody could see, just see how much she had to deal with, you know, over almost a hundred years. It's just a fascinating story. It is absolutely. So I'd love to have dinner with her. Yeah, that's awesome. So you got the Rocky, you got Stallone. And the Queen, this is interesting. You got one more. And I have the strength team at any question. The whole team. The whole team. <laughs> I love it. They are such, honestly, I know we've spoke, people have got to go check out, especially this strength channel. It is full of not only just great insights from amazing people, but the strength channel, it's a community. It's a community of just all around really good people. You know, and, and I've now been so fortunate to have a few of you on the show, uh, yourself, John Sinclair, Aaron Carson, um, Tim Crowley, and, and a couple of others. And it's been 
fantastic to get to just know you all a little bit more, but I love that. I love that you'd invite them all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's another question for you. Um, Where do you see yourself in the next sort of three to five years? Well, boy, oh boy, a lot can happen between now and then. And uh, we might be thinking about moving away from the city, perhaps. Uh, We're giving ourselves a little challenge to move to a a, a little bit of a smaller town on the Sunshine Coast here of of, of Canada. So it's a a bit up in the air right now because we're having a, yeah, just doing a bit of a challenge, maybe doing some rentals with the house. So Mm -hmm. uh, really, uh, it's, it's going to be a big change if we do do this move, but I would really hope to uh, bring my experience and, and my knowledge to to this smaller community and help out uh, the, the, the sports the sports community. It, it's, it's in a place called Powell River. Mm. And um, so I don't know if it's going to happen yet. There's a lot of a lot of pieces that need to get put together yet. But um, uh, I'd, I'd like to see myself uh, give give that life a little bit of a lifestyle change because going from a big city, Vancouver, to a small a small city is a bit of a, a lifestyle change. So yeah. I'm hoping that really share my knowledge with a, a different community. Mean, meanwhile, um, I'm building a, an online presence and helping, you know, with, yeah. with the thanks, thanks to COVID, you know, it, it really opened up the door for doing Zooms. You know, I, I do Zoom classes on Tuesday mornings. Lots of, I work with people all over the world on Zoom and it's amazing how well you can program something for somebody on, on Zoom and doing assessments, you know, it took a learning process to do, learn how to do it well and effectively, uh, but, but it's working. So I'd love to, I'd love to build that part of my business and help people all over the world. Honestly, Gina, this, this has just been wonderful. I truly appreciate you spending some time to come on and chat with me. And I know you've had a busy schedule, you know, you've, you've got your little guy, you've got your business and everything else, but you still, still found some time to come and sit and chat with me. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey and, and just all your knowledge. This has been great. When I, when, when, when the opportunity came about on any question, Mm. I was like, wow, he just extended an invitation to be on his podcast. I'm in. I think I emailed you right away or emailed uh, Melanie from any question. I'm in. This is awesome. I was, well, I'm so grateful that you did and, and you put your hand up. It's really been just great to get to know you a little bit more. I felt like I knew you anyway from listening to so many of your answers on, on the Any Question platform and, and, and people can go check out anyquestion.com train with grain. I love that by the way, train with grain. So anyquestion.com forward slash train with grain. And you have so much content on there. It's not just, you know, you talking to the camera, you, you show how to do a lot of exercises and activities and it's highly valuable. But, um, Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Right on, Greg. I really thank you as well. And thanks everyone for listening. Um, you can find all the show notes and timestamps and, and all the links and everything at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode. So subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.